1: Why is Russell Wilson the most important player in terms of the team having success here in 2023? We'll tell you why and we'll tell you about some supporting cast around him as well for this team. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network,
0: your team every day.
1: What's up, Broncos Country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos Country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So do us a favor, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscriber follow button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more every single day. All year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, co host of the show and site expert of their predominantly orange.com. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're going to kick off today's episode of the show by talking about who are some of the most important players if the Broncos are going to have success this upcoming season. I feel like there's a large contingency of players that you can write down here, but I would say you can make an argument. There's nobody bigger than Russell Wilson in terms of determining if he has a successful season. The Broncos themselves will be successful. Do you agree? Do you disagree with me here?
0: Cody, I think that Russell Wilson is undoubtedly the number one player on the Broncos right now in terms of their key to success this coming season, right? And I know we've done a a lot of talking all offseason about all 90 players on the roster. So oftentimes during the offseason, you know, your primary starters, unless something goes down injury-wise or in the preseason, you don't really talk a ton about those guys. I mean, yes, you do, but... Russell Wilson, you know, it, it needs to be brought up now that we're really at the eve of the regular season starting. If he can bounce back in 2023, the Denver Broncos, as we discussed last year on the podcast around this time, they could be contenders in the AFC West. And what do I mean by contenders? Well, If you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. So I think that's what I'm talking about. They can get to the playoffs, and when they get to the playoffs, if Russ is playing good football, anything can happen. And now it is going to be a gauntlet to get there. But look, Russell Wilson, almost every year of his career, what did we come to expect of him? We came to expect borderline top 10 or better play at the quarterback position. You always expected the Seahawks to be in contention in the NFC West. You always expected them to be in the playoffs. And quite frankly, I think that we should be getting that guy. I mean, we paid the Broncos paid, not me. I didn't pay a cent, but the Broncos paid a lot of money to get that version of Russell Wilson. And I know that he feels that pressure, but I also know that Sean Payton being there, I think has really just helped Russell really change back his, his frame of mind to, I no longer have to be 2012 Peyton Manning. I can be the guy that I've always been. And I think that's going to help him a lot.
1: And that's the hope. And and look, if Russ is not the the most important player to the team's success, they're not going to be very successful overall here. And if he struggles, they're going to struggle more than likely. But I'm I'm very curious to see how Sean Payton kind of bridges the gap. Just I, I have a such a, a strong appreciation for watching Sean Payton coach. And look, we were at Thursday's practice in Dove Valley, and just the way that he explains the intricacies of offense and defense and teaches, just teaches. I mean. Uh, I was making a joke with uh, our good friend, Andrew Mason. I said, I've seen more coaching from Sean Payton. And we saw all from Nathaniel Hackett last year. We just seen that in a span of training camp here. But obviously, no doubt, Russell Wilson, probably not going to be argued at all as the most important player for the Broncos' success. But we, let's talk about, like, it's not just a, a team. It's not just a sole player game. It's a team game. And while Russ has to play better, I think also the people around him have to be better as well, Sarah. I think if the offensive line is not in a very good spot, I think that Denver is going to have a hard time having success. And that's really where they win the offseason here. They've invested so much money in making sure that the O-line is better. Uh, still a lot of questions until we see otherwise, right? Like you make the investment, but how are they going to look come regular season mode? How are they going to look when the games matter? To me, I think that's probably equally as important as maybe how Russell Wilson plays this upcoming season. Because we saw last year when he didn't have an offensive line that was good in front of him. He struggled. He, he took more chances and more risks, and ultimately it hurt the Broncos. The, the, I think the offensive line has to be the next important thing that we talk about here. If Denver's going to be successful, the offensive line has to be better.
0: Especially because this team wants to build an identity of running the football, right? And it's not just about the 63 or whatever it was sacks that were given up by the offensive line last year, which of course, you know, these guys that are on the team currently can't all be guilty by association. A number of them weren't, weren't with the Broncos last year. Lloyd Cushenberry didn't play a lot of the season last year, but I think Cody it starts with dominating on the ground and that's going to make everything just so much easier, right? We we talked about in the preseason kind of being worried a little bit about Ben Powers at left guard and and Mike McGlinchey missing time at right tackle, but in reality over the course of a full game. Let's just let's not even talk about an entire season, but over the course of a full game, right? The flow of a game is going to be so much different than when your starters are out there for just a handful of snaps, and you're trying different stuff. You're trying to either execute a script, or you're trying to get looks at players. It's going to be so much more, uh, so much different in that sense. Because look, you you may not be always you know trying to pass for a third and four or whatever it might be. The situation is going to be different, is is what I'm saying, right? It's going to be different to where like. You, you know Ben Powers they may be establishing their dominance on the ground all game and therefore he's he's not really having to pass protect in obvious situations like that as much because the offense is kind of in a you know a desperation mode when they're limited in snaps in the preseason so i kind of view the the game flow helping this offensive line because we the Broncos still only have four wide receivers on their fifty-three man roster as we sit here, Cody, and they—they they have four tight ends as well. They are going to run the ball a lot, and the offensive line is going to be key to making sure that that part of their game is consistent every single week.
1: And I think another position we can look at too. I think the edge rushers, pass rushers, and not just really the outside linebackers. I'm talking about the defensive pass rusher. We're talking DN, D tackle outside linebackers these guys I, you have to generate and fluster more quarterbacks i mean that's really the thing if your offense and this is where i think where the formula is and we saw in that third and final preseason game offense controlling the time of possession i think it was like 36 minutes to 23 minutes overall uh combined there against the rams and they ran the ball really well the defense was playing smothering they were able to get after the quarterback they were able to generate takeaways and. You need to be able to do that in the regular season against the tougher competition because if Patrick Mahomes, and we're going to use him as an example, or even like Jimmy G and the Las Vegas Raiders, if they come out in each of their drives or 14, 15 plays, taking time off the clock and leading into points, something is wrong. You can't have that happen, and it minimizes your window to capitalize on opportunity, and it makes, I think, the room for error a little bit bigger here for the Broncos, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, it it puts them in some tough positions, but this is where I think coaching. And I think just a a new philosophy on the way that they go about how they approach game week, how they approach maybe a game plan. It's so different right now under Sean Payton. And I think I'm excited to see maybe how that turns out a little bit here for the Broncos, but Broncos country. Those were the, I think the, the more important positions and players that we identified, obviously everybody on the 53 man roster, it'd be cliche Us to not say, okay, hey, everybody's important. Yes, that's true. But if the Broncos are going to take the next step, who are the most important players? Did we miss anybody? Let us know if you're listening wherever you get your podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments down below here. But we're also going to share a little bit of an update. What does the Broncos salary cap look like post 53 man roster here? And could they do any maneuvering in season? What type of moves could we see from them to maybe set the table ahead of the start of the regular season? Well, you're going to get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, they can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Let me play that back for you here. Let's go to the instant replay. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV here with FanDuel. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Russell Wilson over under touchdown passes. Broncos over under eight and a half wins this upcoming season. Where are you lying on that? Well, FanDuel has all the action where you can put your money on the line on those things as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you won't want to miss FanDuel official partner of the
0: NFL. Where does the Denver Broncos salary cap situation stand? How about their 2024 draft picks as well? We're going to talk about the assets available to this team as we head into the season. How flexible will things be for George Payton and Sean Payton? We're going to get into that. But before we do, got to give a mile high salute and huge shout out to every single one of you everydayers out there, for you everyday listeners of Locked On Broncos, you know that Cody and I, for the last handful of months, together with all of you, we've been breaking down this 90-man roster. We've been making predictions we've been talking about expectations we've been talking about sleepers now we're ready for the regular season to start and and i couldn't be more excited and cody and i we can't be more excited to share that with all of you so you know you can find lockdown broncos free and available anywhere and everywhere that you listen to podcasts and you can also watch us on youtube which is one of my favorite ways to watch our show cody and other shows across the network Just a great way for people to interact as well. In the comments section, you can let your voice be heard. Interact with other members of Broncos country. And Cody and I love to to look at what you're saying, to to see what everybody's feeling, get the pulse of Broncos country, right? So we really appreciate every single one of you for engaging with the show and listening however you choose to do so. So thank you. thank every single one of you. Cody, let's talk about this. The Broncos have $11.1 million in current salary cap space roughly a little bit more than 11.1 million according to overthecap.com now previously we were only counting the top 51 contracts on the team in terms of cap space now we are counting all of the 53 active roster players that leads to total cap commitments of just under 230 million the top 51 roughly 208 209 million so the broncos have a lot invested in this roster. Obviously, we knew that going into the season, but just over $11.1 million. It's not a ton of flexibility to say if they wanted to go out there and make a big splash, you know, at the trade deadline or in free agency, but it definitely gives you flexibility to maneuver around your roster as need be throughout the season.
1: Well, and I think that's primarily the objective for most NFL teams, right? Because as you get to the regular season, you already have your 53-man roster. And ideally, you want to have some flexibility and event injuries pop up. And look, you're not going to go out there and sign a massive free agent to a big-time deal during the season. It's very unlikely that player would more than likely come in on a vet minimum deal. I mean, sometimes we see a one-year, $2 million contract for some guys in certain situations. So I would say it's just enough right now, considering where Denver's at from a roster and a personnel standpoint. You know what? If something happens, let's see what we can do out there. Like if there's nobody available that that's a free agent, you know, maybe we look at a veteran guy. And okay, hey, we have 11.1 million. We're obviously not going to throw anything more than maybe 1.5, two million dollars at him. But it also gives you, I think, the ability if you do some contract extensions, it gives you some breathing room for maybe some, you know, next year's salary cap as the Broncos will transition into the new league year. I always think, and we've seen this as well the reason i've always found that hey when you look at the salary cap remember the saints a few years ago they were like minus 75 million dollars in terms of that and they were able to get over and still make a lot of moves to me that kind of told me okay hey you can really maneuver the salary cap relatively well even if you have 11.1 million dollars how can you use it and obviously i think sometimes in season we see players taking signing bonuses which maybe frees up space for them to make moves you mentioned the idea of trades I think Denver is in a really good spot right now. Is there any moves in particular? Let's just say as we're looking at maybe the 53-man roster, would you make any moves right now for Denver at some point? Or would you be eyeing maybe potential moves to happen at some point as the season goes along? Because we, as we all know, hey, once you start week one, you're never 100%. And you're going to have guys that are battling
0: different dings, bumps, and injuries along the way i think the wide receiver position really stands out to me cody and i know i beat that drum how many times on this show and <laughs> everywhere else that you can find my takes but look the broncos have four wide receivers right now and i guess i heard uh, as of practice on thursday maybe jerry judy doing a little work on the side field yep. there so maybe the the hamstring god that is bo lowry and his staff like maybe they're getting him back on the field a little quicker than expected but even so the Broncos obviously haven't learned from recent history, it seems. I mean, they're, they've only got four receivers on the active roster. They do have a number of receivers on the practice squad who can be called up. But I think that's one position to me where I would be looking at as of right now to see, okay, if Jalen Rager clears waivers or if maybe they put in a claim on him or somebody like him, just a younger receiver, maybe with some upside who could contribute. I think that's something to look for because really the Broncos right now, you've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, who is coming back from a hamstring and then you've got Brandon Johnson and, and you've got Marvin Mims. And one of those guys is a rookie. One of those guys is hurt. One of those guys is Brandon Johnson. So, I, I mean, it's, I, I just, the, I don't know if the confidence is misplaced or if maybe I'm going to be eating crow here in a couple weeks of saying, wow, like, yeah, they were right about Brandon Johnson or well, Marvin Mims is much more ready for the regular season than I expected. Or Jerry Judy's going to come back much quicker than I expected, but I think wide receiver is definitely one of those position groups where I would say hey, the Broncos may need to keep an eye out for some people.
1: I'm, I'm very curious as you were saying that, I thought in my head, like how many people are listening to Sarah talk about this? And then he mentions the name Jalen Rager. I wonder how many people are like, why is he mentioning Jalen Rager? For? I, you know, that's a you, Broncos country has a tendency to just absolutely harp on Jerry Judy, even though that really dropping passes isn't necessarily a really big issue for him, but it's a magnified issue. He has one, it becomes magnified. Can't imagine what it would be like with Jalen Rager and all his struggles that he has had. And we'll, we'll see how that happens. But yeah. And, and look, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of change. Like I'm very curious, Sean Payton has mentioned to us that, Hey, this roster is going to change for, you know, the first three weeks are a roster, other teams, rosters around the NFL. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they maneuver, because obviously Mark was Callaway is with the Las Vegas Raiders now, maybe sharing some intel. Well, the Broncos have Philip Dorsett to give them some intel. And then you have Montreal, Washington with the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe giving them some intel. So it's very, very interesting to see how some of these roster maneuvers work. But. We will see little Jordan Humphrey potentially elevated on game days. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Dorsett, David Sills, both those guys in practice. Now, Sills wearing the number 87 and the new tight end Lucas Kroll wearing number 85 here for the Broncos. We saw them in practice on Thursday, but the team is now going to be off for the weekend. And we're going to have media availability with Sean Payton on Zoom on Monday morning and then. You know, the next week on Wednesday, the regular season practice schedule is going to be there, and it's going to be big, Broncos country, and we're excited to break it down with you every step of the way. But, Sarah, another thing, we're, since we're talking about salary cap and assets that Denver has, well, part of these assets also include draft picks. Where do the Broncos currently stand right now looking at next year's draft? How many picks do they have? And obviously these can be used for bargaining in season, maybe even during the NFL draft this upcoming year. Where, where does Denver stand from an asset standpoint here?
0: Well of course some of these late round picks I think are subject to conditional whatever the conditions need to be met such as the Will Lutz trade was a conditional 7th round pick going to the Saints but right as of right now it looks like the Broncos have six selections for the 2024 NFL draft they of course have their own first round pick for the first time since 2021 which will be nice to have and I think they will keep that at pretty much any cost because they don't have a second round pick which is going to the Saints in that Sean Payton trade but the Broncos do have a third round pick I don't know for sure I guess I I don't know if it's been announced just yet Cody if their third round pick is the one that they are getting back from the Saints or if it's their own third round pick because one of their third round picks is going to the Seattle Seahawks from this past year's Riley Moss trade so the Broncos have a first they have a third whether it's their own or the Saints they have a fourth round pick and they have two fifth round picks and a seventh so Right now, no selections in the second or the sixth round for the Broncos, but six picks in total. Uh, obviously, having a first-round pick back will be huge for this team going forward as they look to kind of recoup some of those. Uh, just You don't want to always have to go to free agency to find your biggest acquisition of the offseason. Sometimes it's nice, but the Broncos do obviously hope that that selection is somewhere beyond pick number 20 overall. So, Cody, we'll see what happens. I think that as of right now, it's still limited draft capital, but it's better than what we've had in recent years, yeah. especially having that top pick.
1: Well, you know, if Denver was able to make as much hay as they were with the uh, limited capital they had last year, I'm very curious to see what they do with maybe a little bit more going forward here. And and obviously there could be some, you, ne- you never know, in-season trade deadline moves, things like that, trades that Denver could make that either gives them capital or... Takes away their capital. I mean, we'll, we'll see how things pan out here. But that's a little bit of a state of the overview of the Broncos' assets as they head into the 2023 regular season. It's always good to know before you know. But one thing we are going to discuss, too, speaking of the practice squad, I think it's important that we take a look at maybe what positions or players might be called upon for a big role from the practice squad this upcoming season. You'll get that conversation much more today's episode of Locked On Broncos Braco's country real quick. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at game time. And with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you're going to have. And some of the things I love about the game time app experience, they have flash deals on tickets for events, not just sports, but music, comedy, concerts, everything that you can name that's going on near you. They might have a flash deal for you that you could take advantage of. And you don't have to worry about last minute ticket price stresses game time has you covered there game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and row or less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference Snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NFL. That's one word locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, where we're going to highlight which players or positions do we feel like the Broncos will have to rely upon or call upon at some point during the regular season from the practice squad. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to us wherever you get your podcast or to watch us on YouTube. Make sure you comment down below if you're watching or interact with other members of Broncos country. Thank you so much for being part of of the community that we have here. We're very grateful for all of you here. Sarah, this is a nice question, right? And as I was watching Thursday's practice, once again, I I feel like the sun in Denver is just getting hotter and hotter and hotter here. But watching practice and seeing, okay, hey, your 53-man roster is here. All of your players that are on the practice squad were in attendance on Thursday. It was nice to maybe see, okay, hey, there's these different body types that they're working with okay, what type of role might this guy be able to play? And look, obviously, with the ability to elevate players from the practice squad onto the game day roster, I think is a great tool to have and gives the Broncos certainly many options here to look at. I think, cliche enough, probably the one that we'll probably see called upon the most to start is going to be wide receiver with guys like little Jordan Humphrey, potentially David Sills the fifth. And I do think we'll see quite a bit of, uh, obviously, Philip Dorsett, who's got some speed. He's got some wheels to him, man. And uh, I'm very curious, where are you at on this subject?
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on with that, Cody, wide receiver, definitely being one of those areas to where, you know, uh, it looks like the Broncos are definitely going to be utilizing a week one call up here. I guess that's it's a little ways out to try to be calling that shot at this point to see what happens with the 53 man roster. But at the same time, you kind of see the writing on the wall, only four guys plus Jerry Judy is injured. So it makes sense. I think wide receiver would be interesting. You know what I found very fascinating too, Cody? This is not a non-Broncos related note here really quick, but Brett Maher signed with the Rams practice squad who don't have a kicker on their 53 man roster. We could see one of the ideas that I initially had when this practice squad rule came out was hey screw the kicker for a couple weeks if you don't know who your guy is bring him up off the practice squad and keep your 53 man roster the best 53 guys that you can possibly keep so the Rams kind of taking a little advantage of that which I like to see but wouldn't be surprised back to the Broncos running back position as well we know Dwayne Washington was kept on the practice squad for special teams ability mostly Tyler Beatty all obviously was kind of a favorite at one point for that running back three spot so Wouldn't be surprised, although we're all excited to see Jaleel McLaughlin sprinkled into the mix there, wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos do use a fourth back at some point for especially special teams purposes.
1: Well, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I actually came away pretty impressed with Dwayne Washington in that final preseason game. I just think he's a big guy, runs downhill, and has some explosiveness to him. And you can definitely see kind of where Mike Boone was at last year for the Broncos. You know, he didn't play much on the offensive side of the ball for them but he did play a lot on special teams. Could he maybe be in line for an elevated role there? I mean, I look at Dwayne Washington is probably the one guy and Beatty because Beatty played quite a bit of special teams last season for Denver. I could see these guys just being elevation simply for the special teams factor for them as well. Cause you also have to factor in, you know, you have a 53 man roster, but you're only allowed a certain amount active on game day. It's not all 53 there. So that is something to monitor here for Denver. For me, I maybe even looking at another position as well. I think defensive line. I mean, when you stash guys like PJ Mustafer and and even Tyler Lancaster, who was apparently close to making the fifty three man roster, to me it makes a little bit of sense that hey, if you got guys that are banging, you know, dealing with banged up, you know, knees, ankles, whatever it may be, toes, you need some extra guys, some extra beef on the line. And look, I think against Josh Jacobs, I think you have to kind of have a, a bigger offensive line. I think you have to have more offensive linemen. kind of what we saw them do against. The Tennessee Titans, granted, though, the Raiders are a little bit different because they can spread you out a little bit. They have prolific receiving weapons, so I don't know if Denver could get away with doing that, but you do need some size in that D-line to stop a guy like Josh Jacobs.
0: You definitely do, and I think those guys are obvious. So the Broncos kept a lot of defensive linemen on the practice squad, even after keeping quite a few on their active roster as well, so we know that's a position of emphasis for them. Maybe they're still in a little bit of evaluation mode. Maybe it's going to kind of be... A, Week to week thing where like Tyler Lancaster, like you said, maybe he comes up and plays over even a guy like Elijah Garcia at this point, who we know the Broncos like his long term potential, but that's kind of where this practice squad call up situation and rules from the NFL really benefits your team. Like you don't have to cut a guy like Elijah Garcia now whereas you would have in previous years. You don't have to cut him now in order to get the more experienced guy on the field. You can cut the more experienced guy who's not going to be even subject to waivers. Like, Lancaster wasn't even subject to waivers. He's a vested NFL veteran. The Broncos able to cut him, bring him back, and he may play week one even a bigger role than a guy on the 53-man roster. So there's so many benefits, so many ways to manipulate it. And like you said, Cody, there's really... uh, the The game day active rules is one of the weirdest things that I hope the NFL looks into changing next. I don't understand why you would want teams to have less guys available uh, after what we saw last year, especially at QB, but it's just a weird deal. So I think for the Broncos, they'll they'll be smart about how they utilize it. They'll make sure they have all the right guys out there for personnel, especially going up against a team like the Raiders. And like you said, it's it's going to be all about defending the run first, and the Broncos running the ball first. So maybe, uh, maybe an additional one there could be offensive line. Maybe you bring up somebody there with Paul Chesky here, but the Broncos do have a lot on their 53. So we'll kind of have to wait and see. I think, Cody, it's it's nice to have these rules, though. 16 practice squad players, a couple call-ups a week, benefits teams greatly. Gives you a chance to develop some young
1: guys that you feel like can maybe fit part of your vision. There we go. Take another drink, folks. Uh, in terms of what you want to do in the future here, I- I'm also very curious as well when you look at maybe how the roster kind of formulates what type of shuffles we'll see in the first three weeks because sean payton has alluded to it as we know the broncos officially placed alex polcheski pj Locke, and k1 williams on short-term injured reserve so that allowed quinn bailey fabian at cornerback and mike purcell to be on the active roster so 53 is set here for week one we'll see if there's any changes as well but the broncos are off on Friday, nothing over the weekend. We'll have a, a meeting once we said we'll be able to meet with Sean Payton on Monday, open locker room, and then t- players are off on Tuesday. And then regular season practice is here on Wednesday. So we're going to have you covered every step of the way here. Locked on Broncos. But if you're an everyday listener, here's what you can expect on Monday's episode of the show. We got to hear from a couple of the young players following Thursday's practice. We heard from Brandon Johnson, who made the 53. We heard from Nate Adkins, who's going to be playing a little bit of a prolific role here for Sean Payton this season. We also got to talk to Elijah Garcia as well. You'll hear some of those clips. We'll react to it and we'll share it on Monday's episode, Locked on Broncos. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend, Broncos country.